We don't make art to be great artists. We make art to be open vessels. Hi, I'm your host, Christina Hubbard, and this is the Creative and Free Podcast. Welcome to a special series called On Pause, Healing Words from Everyday Artists During Isolation. This is episode number 10. My guest today is painter, professor, and writer Elizabeth Ivy Hawkins. We talk about creative rhythms and the invitation of uncertainty to enter the space of unknowing. Elizabeth is a professor of creativity and innovation and holds faculty positions at the Creativity and Innovation Honors Institute at Cornerstone University and Grand Valley State University in Visual and Media Arts. She was recently accepted at the Living School at the Center for Action and Contemplation. And her art has been exhibited regionally and nationally, including the former Rouge Space in New York and the Los Angeles Center for Digital Art. Her writing has appeared in Ruminate Magazine, Off the Page, and she recently painted as the protagonist, Ren Crawford, in Sharon Garlow Brown's novel, Remember Me. I met Elizabeth many years ago at the Breathe Writers Conference. She is a gracious soul, a gifted artist, and her unique perspective can teach us much about what we already know to be true. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Christina. It's good to see you. Good to be here. Tell me what have you been doing during your days during Uh, the pandemic? What has that looked like for you? (laughs) what does it look like? Oh boy. There are just so, um, for me, just these big kind of ebbs and flows of feeling, you know, there'll be moments of like, my brain feels completely numb. Um, there were a few days for sure where I felt like I, there was just getting up and getting out of bed and not dissolving into, (laughs) into the, the, the mattress was, was um, a home run and I have a couple small kids at home so the transition to teaching them at home was um, was a whole new thing that felt really overwhelming and you know starting to get into a rhythm and pattern for that because I knew that would be important and and then also I I was teaching remotely from the courses that I teach um, at Grand Valley as well as um, and uh, an institution called the Creativity and Innovation Honors Institute, where I teach creativity and innovation. So um, so teaching students remotely um, and and courses that were designed not to be remote, how to make that transition and and hold those students' identities as students. You know, for many of them, it was it was such a hard transition, and and so I had these kind of dual um, natures of taking care of myself and also taking care of others, and and wanting to 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 help, and then not really being sure how to help, <laughs> you know. Um, so um, I I think in some ways I'm still processing what it looks like because I honestly, in some ways, thinking about it just feels really. Uh, feels like almost too much to process right now. And so I'm just kind of holding that space of, I don't really know all of what I've been doing because in a lot of ways, I think that will take some time to unpack for me as I kind of settle into all of the changes that have happened in my heart and um, in the world around me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Like 
feeling like you're in this space of unknowing almost. Yeah. Unknowing. And then finding a rhythm that can hold me in that unknowing because the normal was disrupted, was so disrupted. But what I know for myself as an individual is I have to have um, like patterns, rituals, things that I do daily to hold me um, and, and to kind of enter into um, or else um, it, it, it will just be much harder for me to process um, life in general. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, creating that rhythm was important too. So what does that rhythm look like for you? Mm-hmm. Rhythm. I am well, starting with the kids and making sure that they would get started with their assignments. I think, you know, daily school, like, okay, it's time to get up, make your bed, <laughs> eat breakfast, have a cup of coffee. Um, and then we, we, you know, take turns doing assignments. So I have two, so they would kind of go back and forth between the laptop and reading or, you know, some sort of, of rhythm there. And then I would also do the same thing with, with the work that I would need to do to prep for my courses. And, um, you know, because I basically had to redesign the remaining five weeks of class so that I could teach assignments that would, that would make sense or take what I had and, and readjust it and change it. And so, um, and then there was, you know, this, this project that I've been working on um, with Sharon Garlow Brown, where I had painted in, um, in character as one of the characters, her protagonist in her story, um, called remember me. And that came out at the beginning of the year. And then I was asked to, um, well, I didn't ask to, I kind of proposed this idea of working with their marketing team and, and making a painting in the character of Ren to give away to a reader. And so that kind of landed in, in just the beginning stages of, um, you know, stay home, stay safe. And, and I remember starting that I had energy for it. And then about two or three weeks into I, like my energy seemed to go. And so even the creative energy that I had, you know, those daily rhythms, it seemed like it wasn't enough to keep me afloat. And so, um, that was just an interest. It's just an interesting thing, um, to kind of settle into that unknowing, <laughs> um, and to try and just stay, um, connected, um, to something greater and deeper than myself so that I don't, um, you know, to, to kind of buffer from any kind of deep despair that I might feel. Yeah. What were some ways that you connected with yourself or, or mm-hmm. with with God or, you know, yeah, grounded, grounded. So a a daily practice of sitting in silence, um, and listening, um, which, which, you know, I I call contemplation, right? I said, I have a candle. Um, and I, I start off by, um, repeating these, these words and, and I'll I'll share them with your audience if, if, if you like, but, um, you know, I have a, there's a, a bell that I might ring. It's a little tiny, you know, ding. And then um, it goes like this, like, be still and know that I am God. Um, be still and know, be still and be. And then, then I kind of enter into a space of silence. And that was very helpful, just sitting um, and kind of focusing on, you know, for me, the identity of being spiritually connected to, to God, to, to energy of all things, to, to this idea of, of, of something that's very good and that knows me and, and, 
knows me personally, intimately, and knows, you know, and, and that's very helpful for me. Um, and then also just trying to write or reflect. Um, and sometimes I didn't even have energy for that. And I was, that, that was okay. Like if I didn't have the energy for it. I'm like, you know, it's all right. Just, um, move, you know, uh, moving is important too. That was another, another practice is like some kind of physical activity. Um, being active is really important. Some kind of embodiment, some kind of movement, being in nature, mm -hmm. going out and looking at the river that's close to my house. Um, these are all things that I do to really ground me. And then connecting to others, having conversations, um, not staying too deep in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easy to do. Easy for yeah. me to do. Yeah. 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 For me, it is. So. Um, I would say those three things are very helpful, three to four things. Friends, I wanted to briefly um, talk a little bit about a course that I'm offering right now. Um, you know, as Christine and I record this, we are in a, in, a, in a state of just pausing our social media and our commentary on it, and in a, in a space of listening to our you know, our black, indigenous, people of color friends. Um, and so I feel for myself personally that, you know, right now my, my job and what I'm here to do is to listen and to support um, that movement. And in the midst of that, what I had started working on prior to um, these events was a course in, um, a, that I've titled Processing and Healing Through Creativity. And um, one of the things I do is I, I teach creativity and innovation. Um, I've also um, uh, become a student at the Living School for Action and Contemplation. And those two things are are combining to um to bring forth like a new place or a new thing that i feel like i'm here to do you know saint francis talks about this idea of what is yours to do and um, i really felt compelled to offer a space for people to process and work through um, this time through creativity and so the things that that course would include would be um I'm reclaiming a sense of creative identity and integrity. Um, we would also be going into grounding and possibility. Um, so embodiment, grounding, and, um, and possibility. We will also talk about having a practice of immersion, devotion, and wonder. Um, I'll introduce some things that I teach my students about neuroscience and the, the connections with creativity as well as practices that support it and a voice and purpose we'll talk about vocation like what, what is yours to do and, and how can you start to integrate um, that true voice and and like the, this dance that happens between listening and being and then doing out of that listening and being um, that's really i think what what this work is is for so it's an introduction course it's four weeks i i think i'm adding a bonus week of five total weeks it starts on, um, let's see, June, the end of June. I'll have to add that um, maybe in the show notes, <laughs> the exact date, but it, it'll start the end of June. You can sign up on my website for more inf information and, and I'll, um, I'll send you a short um, 
inquiry to fill out and return just to kind of go over and get to know get to know you a little bit better um i originally priced it at 249 and i've dropped it to 199 for the for the course because i i, I want to make sure it's accessible and, and and that if anybody feels called toward it that they they can um, enter into that and also um, once we work through this coursework together i will send everyone um, a small piece of, of art as a as a as a marker of the work that you've done and there's some exciting things around that that i can't wait to share with everyone can we go back to the silence because mm -hmm. i think silence is a place that uh is tough for a lot of people mm -hmm. even creative people mm -hmm. uh i hear from a lot of people who who are getting into silence or solitude um what what's supposed to happen yeah yeah so what it, what is that space like for you it's a great question um what does it look like to paint a picture of it I, yeah i think that for me what i find helpful and I, I i find people say this is to come back to your breath like if if you if i notice i think when i started to learn that i can notice my thoughts as like almost like a ticker tape kind of you know, in front of me, like I'll have this thought about something and almost like picture it as like, well, that's a ticker tape. Oh, that's a, that's a story. That's something I'm, you know, that's, that's like the fuzzy, um, granular kind of talk chatter and just notice it. I'm like, okay, that's okay. You know, welcome it. <laughs> okay. And then just kind of come back to breathing like a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And and sometimes the chatter will stay constant throughout the whole time. Um, but what I'm what I'm finding is just renewing um, the commitment to do the practice is really the most important thing. Is just finding is like, like I'm going to come and I'm, my intent is to sit and connect to um, the greater source. Like it's so it's hard for me to like come up to a word for God. Like it seems I don't know. Like God seems like it's a beautiful word, but I was like, there's so many metaphors for me that, that seem to also go along with, with God too. Um, so greater, you know, greater being, great love, oh, great love. Um, whatever I find connects me to, to that. Um, I just keep coming back to it because um, I know it's there. I know experientially that it's there. And so even when I don't feel that knowing, I just know that I know. Um, and so that, that's, that's what I lean into. And so um, for me, I go into my bathroom. I have this small little bathroom. I'll just share my practice. It's a small little bathroom. Um, the lighting's really great. The candle is, you know, great, you know, to have a candle. But what I've also found most fascinating for me is to focus on the shadows around the candle. Mm -hmm. So I'll notice how they dance and almost the emptiness of them. And for me, kind of focusing on them and what that's doing and, and having that be my focus helps keep, keep me from thinking about words or thoughts. Just this moment, just this right in front of me. So yeah. that's helping you to stay present mm -hmm. in that yeah that moment and that yeah solitude that space solitude and, it, and i'll take just 20 minutes 15 or whatever i have sometimes it's 10 and when i'm done i just ask for the grace not to break that threat of that like i'm just I mean, 
stay with me, you know, stay with me as I move about and through my day. It's a very, it's a grounding and centering practice, yeah. So. We were talking about before we hit record, just mm-hmm. about what it's going to look like going forward as we come out of pandemic into real life again. Mm-hmm. And uh, entering that space with kind of support, creative um, yeah. support as an artistic community. Um, what you were talking about looking at the shadows and staying present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means as we move forward through, mm-hmm. through the going back out into the world gradually? Yeah, I'm not, well, and it's interesting because I don't really know what that, lo- what that looks like moving forward. I, I really am not sure, but one of the things that I know that art and making art has taught me, making things has taught me is that there is an unknowing, there is a letting go that happens with every project, with every lesson taught, with every, um, with every, everything that I do, like un- the uncertainty of outcomes, and being all right with this uncertainty of outcomes. You know, a, a teacher of mine um, once said that you know, we don't make art to be great artists. We make art to be open vessels. And I would almost say the same is true, um, that one of the big things that is a big shift for me personally in my life is that I wanted to be the great artist. I wanted to be the person who made paintings. And now I just, I'm much more interested in becoming the art itself. Like, how does one do that? And if there's a lesson that, that can be brought into this time that we're in, is like, how do we transform it into something of meaning? Um, yeah, I, and when, when things can happen, that we can make meaning out of it. And I think that's the process of, of making art and making things, is we're making meaning out of something that, that um, we're not sure of. It's a big lesson. Like all the things that show up in my life, the, the paintings, the, the drawing, you know, whatever it is I'm working on, it's a teacher. And so for me, this is a big teacher. Um, so what it looks like, I think, is just having the mindset of being able to enter into the moment um, to contribute something, but not in a way that's forcing something or in a way that um, where you realize that you're the one making it, but like you're an open vessel and that you're the one who's letting something come through you. Um, and that's a big shift. That's a big shift. So it's less about what you're making and putting out into the world. And it's more about being a conduit. I think that's it's, what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of both. It's, it's kind of a, a big paradox, but I think that's how you know a deep truth is it's a paradox. <laughs> that's what I've heard. And, and it seems true to me that um, when, you know, um, like for example, make, being, making a print, this is a good example. When you take a print, you, you carve something in, into a block of wood or a piece of copper or some form, you, you know, whatever it is. And you take that and you ink it up and you prep it. So you do all this work and you have this idea that you've kind of put forth into the world and then you've had effort, you've put, you know, your craft or a skill into it. But there comes a time when you put it through the printing press and it's out of your hands. Like whatever that press is going to do, it's going to do. You have experience and you have, um, you know, understanding, and, and, but it's out of your hands at that point. 
And it's very much true with anything. It's like once I've done something, it's kind of out of my hands. It's time to let it go. And so there's this, this contradiction of making something, being a part of something, and then letting it go and not trying to muscle it or trying to wrestle it or trying to achieve it into being. Because what I've learned is that it, it's so pointless and that's just burned me every single time. <laughs> and, and so the more that I can surrender into the flow of what actually exists, that the work will, will kind of do what it needs to do. It'll land where it needs to land. And I don't, it's not my job. You know, I've heard it said that, what is it? The, the why is not, not my business and the how is not my job. <laughs> I like that. I find it to be really true. Yeah. It seems like we're all learning um, to let go in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, outcomes, expectations, plans, um, end products. Yeah. Even identity a bit, I think, shifting for people. Yeah. Um, so I think as, as we talk about moving into the unexpected, moving into this area where we don't know what it's going to look like creatively or, um, as our, our lives shift, um, it's interesting that I think I expected perhaps that, um, like even this podcast would be something that I did later on down the road and it's ended up being something I've done now. And my, my long-term vision is to, um, have more art, more artistic practice and spiritual formation through the arts. And what I found as, um, I've been starting this is that all I have is words and, um, I, ca I can't really put out art that you can see into the world that, that the kind of art that you create, but I can put out words. And so I think we create these connections and we let them go out into the world and, um, to be that conduit. And so you have a poem that you want to share with us, and I would love for you to tell us about that and then you can read it over us. Yeah. So the poem I, um, that's just one of the dearest poems to me is called The Way It Is. It's by William Stafford. And it's hard to describe why it's so meaningful to me, but it, it um, I think because it, it speaks to a kind of mystery that somehow I intuitively felt and understood. And so I'll just, I'll read it here. Um, the Way It Is, there's a thread you follow it goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Yes. The way it is by William Stafford. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That really speaks to the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, that whole I, I idea that, that there's, you know, I've heard Richard Rohr talk about how God as this great allower, you know, that we're allowed, like things are allowed or, or um, I think the notion of the idea that we're, it does, we're not protected from things, but we experience things. Um, which reminds me of the Rilke quote, you know, that, that, you know, experience everything. No, no feeling is final experience at all. Um, and, and, and to me, I, I think to hold onto the thread means that to experience it all, but to know that you're held, to know that you hold on to the, there's a mutual holding on to, um, that's a beautiful dance of, of mystery. And, um, yeah, so some of the questions I thought <laughs> that are helpful for me as I think about is what what makes me lose my thread? You know, when I lose connections, what are those? Um, and what th what thread um, has given me a sense of meaning and purpose? So where do I find meaning and purpose? And then once I have rec reclaimed my lost thread, and have it firmly in hand, what darkness do I need to enter and to explore? What fears do I need to face and walk through to keep from shutting down, right? And so I think the idea that the invitation is, is like you hold onto this thread and you know that you're held. And so you don't have to hide from things, even, even the great terrors of life, even, even the great unknowns of life. And in fact, those things are our greatest teachers if we allow them to be. And so that then you can find hope, you know, then there's meaning in that, at least for me, at least for me. Yeah. Thank you for connecting us with a new thread today. I feel like what you brought was a way to, to enter mystery, a way to enter a space where we're often frightened of, but can be an instructor with love. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Thank sounds, you. That sounds true. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. <laughs> Find Elizabeth at elizabethivy.com. As always, thank you for listening today. Please subscribe to my newsletter at christinahubbard.com to get a once-a-week update of episode releases, as well as an occasional essay or poem. Tune in next time when Lizzie Matson and I talk about small creative business, boundaries, and prayer walks. Until then, in the words of John O'Donohue, may you live this day compassionate in heart, clear in word, gracious in awareness, courageous in thought, generous in love. <laughs>